Diplomacy listeners, please welcome Carrie hessler Radelette. She is former director of the U.S. Peace Corps, and she was just named president and CEO of Project Concern International. She's going to share with us some career advice and also talk about her own career path. Hi, Carrie. Welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be speaking with you. Let's kick it off with, tell us a little bit about your position that you just left. You were director of the Peace Corps. What was that like? You know, it was, I would say, the job of a lifetime. I got my start in development as a Peace Corps volunteer in the early 80s. I served in Western Samoa with my husband, Steve, and it changed our lives. It absolutely um, influenced our decision to go into the development field professionally. Um, I think that it helped us to uh, be certainly more aware of uh, the issues facing communities around the world and um, just changed us in so many ways. Um, I come from a four-generation Peace Corps family. That's very unusual. I believe my family is the only four-generation Peace Corps family. So my aunt was a volunteer in Turkey in the early 60s, not too long after Peace Corps was created. My grandparents served as Peace Corps volunteers in Malaysia after they retired in the early 70s. My husband and I, of course, served in Samoa. And then our nephew, which is the fourth generation, um, served in Mozambique from 2007 to 2009. So Peace Corps is a family affair for us. And it was an incredible honor and privilege to serve as director of an agency that has been so influential and important in my family's life and in the lives of thousands and thousands of others. I love this. What history. And so for anyone who's considering applying to be a Peace Corps volunteer, what, what advice would you give them? I would say check out the website, first of all, which is peacecorps.gov. It has great information and a lot of tools to help you think about whether or not Peace Corps service is for you. Um, talk to anyone you know who has been a Peace Corps volunteer. There are more than 225,000 return volunteers, and so it's not that hard to find them. And if people have trouble, they can um, inquire through the website um, about speaking to a recruiter or a return volunteer. But it really is the way to get into international development if you are an American. Um, and having previous experience overseas is really critical for those who want to go into the development space. And it's tough nowadays to get a job if you don't have Peace Corps service. Um, so I, my advice is if you're interested in development and you know you want that as a career, it is absolutely your best choice. And I say that in a highly biased way, but I also think that objectively, if you ask anyone in development, they would say the same thing. Yes, absolutely. In our world right now, especially the state of global affairs, why do we need the Peace Corps? You know, I feel that the Peace Corps is more important now than it's ever been. And that's mostly because our world is increasingly complex and interconnected. And I truly believe that the national security and economic prosperity of the United States and our ability to maintain our position in the world is dependent upon our country being able to um, train 
and send forth uh, Americans who are globally competent. So that means Americans who know how to speak other languages, understand other cultures, can um, have a, a, an open and honest uh, conversation with someone who has a very different worldview and find commonality with our own. Uh, we need leaders in nations around the globe who understand Americans, who appreciate our culture, who speak English because it is the language of the world, and who share our values and want to partner with us in a positive way. Peace Corps volunteers are the face of our country in communities around the world, remote communities. In many places, Peace Corps volunteers are the only Americans that those people will ever meet. And that is incredibly important um, because the future of our world depends on people from countries around the world being able to live together, trade together, engage together productively and positively. And Peace Corps volunteers are that link at the community level. I just can't imagine the complexities of being the director for a program as big and as worldwide and as impactful as the Peace Corps. What was a typical day on the job like? You know, one thing I loved about the Peace Corps is that there was no such thing as a typical day. Um, you're right in the fact that we were incredibly geographically dispersed. We have five, we meaning, I should say Peace Corps has five offices in the United States and then 65 offices around the world. Uh, there are currently nearly 8,000 volunteers serving and approximately 2,000 staff around the world, most of whom are host country nationals. So Peace Corps' reach is truly global and it is complex. The one thing I would say about Peace Corps is that it is staffed by the most competent, dedicated, globally um, versatile and interculturally competent individuals that you'd ever want to meet. So these are people who know their work and are incredibly committed to the mission and three goals of the Peace Corps. And maybe I should say those right now because I think it's important in our conversation. The mission of Peace Corps is world peace and friendship. So a very broad goal, but we uh, have three goals to get us there. Um, the first goal is to help individuals and organizations in, in the communities we serve to be able to achieve their own potential, so to achieve their own development goals. The second goal is to promote a better understanding of Americans among people served. And the third goal is to promote a better understanding of other peoples on the part of Americans. So bringing the world back home and educating our fellow Americans about uh, people in other countries. So. Those three goals have uh, really inspired Peace Corps ever since its founding in 1961. Um, and our staff across the board are very committed to the Peace Corps and to the critical role that it plays at the community level at the last mile for our country. That said, my day could be very different depending on where I am geographically, because if I, uh, if I was in the office here at, um, in Washington, D.C., my day might start with a meeting of our staff talking about our programs overseas, what are some, our, some of our successes, 
um, where are there areas of concern where we need to focus our attention. Um, one of the, my favorite things that I did every Wednesday was I held a brown bag lunch with some of our non-managerial staff, so some of our younger staff, uh, to hear from them. Uh, it was a very informal conversation, but I got the best information from them in terms of what was working well in their offices, um, what concerns they had, and especially what ideas they had for making Peace Corps even more effective. Um, in the afternoon, I might meet with an ambassador from one of our partner nations, or I might meet with one of our U.S. government partners like USAID, or I might find myself up on the hill speaking to a member of Congress about a program uh, that we're running overseas. Um, and then I may close it up with one uh, with a meeting with one of our incredible NGO partners like PCI about our technical programs, uh, perhaps Let Girls Learn, which is one of our big initiatives that we did in the last uh, two years uh, of my time at Peace Corps, uh, which is a whole of government effort to um, empower girls and young women to be able to achieve a full secondary school education and then make a transition into uh, university or the world of work. So um, that is a day in Washington, DC. I also traveled extensively around the United States speaking to uh, groups of potential applicants, people who are interested in Peace Corps service. Uh, that might mean speaking to a Rotary Club or it might mean um, speaking at a uh, partner NGO or a foundation. Uh, it might mean speaking at universities. I spoke at more than 100 universities over my time at Peace Corps. Um, I also met with the dedicated staff of our recruiting offices um, across the country. And um, th those our recruiters are really dedicated uh, people who are um, committed to both encouraging Americans who are interested in serving in the Peace Corps, but also helping to carry out our third goal of educating uh, our fellow Americans about the world and the important issues um, that, that face our world. And then lastly, I, I tried to get out to the field at least every six weeks to uh, two months, and that involved visiting our um, our host nations. Um, I would always visit our staff in the capital city, but the most important part of it would be um, visiting with our volunteers in the field and seeing our volunteers and our staff in action um, and gaining the important stories from the field that allowed me to be a good communicator of the Peace Corps story. The most important and vibrant uh, part of Peace Corps is the work of the volunteer in the field. And everything that our st staff does is designed to um, support the work of the volunteer. And so as the director of the Peace Corps, it was important for me to really understand the work of a volunteer. So I tried to spend most of my time out in the field with volunteers and staff, really um, talking to them about their joys and concerns, speaking to community members about uh, what they're doing together collaboratively to empower the people of their community to reach their own highest potential and to get some personal stories that really um, capture the spirit of the Peace Corps experience. Wow. So what was the biggest challenge of doing this work? And how did you balance all of this? You know, I have to say, people said to me on a very regular basis, how did you sleep at night? But the truth of the matter is because I was supported so ably by 
this incredible team of staff people all the way from headquarters down to the smallest village, um, I was able to sleep like a baby, frankly. Um, our volunteers were so well cared for because we had teams of Americans and host country nationals that were fully focused on supporting them technically so that they could do their important work in the field, giving them the best uh, possible training based on evidence um, so that they could make a development impact, giving them the medical care that they need to um, stay healthy in the field, um, helping them with information and skills to keep themselves safe and protecting their safety and security, um, and then doing all the administrative tasks that are important to ensuring that our volunteers um, are able to do their work. So I actually, you know, didn't have a great deal of stress around that because I was supported so well by my staff. That said, um, being a Peace Corps director or staff person means that you're dealing with all life issues. Um, we had volunteers who got married. We had volunteers who got divorced in service. We had volunteers who, um, most of our volunteers were very healthy, but occasionally they became sick. Um, in a very, very rare occasion, we occasionally had volunteers who died. And um, then we had volunteers who were doing well in their job and we celebrated their successes with them. And there was a lot of that, but occasionally we had volunteers who really struggled with their experience. And we also needed to support them and help them um, figure out their way. So almost every possible scenario we had to deal with. Um, and so managing, especially the very difficult times of life, which were gratefully, extremely, extremely rare. But, um, you know, we walk that walk with them as they are serving in some of the toughest, most remote corners of this world. And so that means dealing with very human um, conditions. Carrie, after seven years experience at the Peace Corps and four years in the director role, are there any particular stories that stand out for you? You know, I have thousands of stories, literally, um, because literally every volunteer has their own story, and I have my own story as well. Um, but let me just tell you one story that leaps to mind, mostly because it is a story that I can tell in a shorter period of time, but it is also exemplary of the impact that volunteers have. Um, so I think of a young woman that I met named Idai in the Kyrgyz Republic, Kyrgyzstan as it's known. And um, so I met Idai and she told me that she grew up in the remote Talas province, which is very far from the capital city of Bishkek. It's a small farming community and um, she attended a secondary school there. And shortly after she entered high school, a Peace Corps volunteer named Nicole uh, came to her school as a English teacher. And I die, got to know her, you know, in as a student in her class, and they became quite close. And and Nicole did an after-school girls program, and I die was very active in that. And after a couple months, I die told me that Nicole said to her, "I die, you're so talented in math and science, and your English is good, and you have such a wonderful, warm way of working with people. Have you ever considered going into medicine?" And Idai said, medicine? You mean become a doctor? 
I can't possibly become a doctor. First of all, I'm a girl from a very remote village, but no woman has ever become a doctor from my part of our country. And she told me at that time that it had never occurred to her that she would have any kind of career apart from being a mother and a farmer, just as her mother and her grandmother and generations of women had done before her. And Nicole said, you know, I die, you have so much talent and I know you'll be a good mother, but it would be such a shame to not use your skills to help others, to help your country. And so she continued to encourage Idai to consider pursuing medicine if that was something she was interested in. And she even arranged for the Peace Corps doctor to, to, when uh, she came to visit Nicole to spend a few minutes with uh, Idai to talk to her about what it meant to be a doctor and what medical school was like and how you apply. And so right before Nicole was about to complete her two-year service, Idai was graduating from high school and she applied to Peace to um, medical school and she got in. She was accepted and had a full scholarship. Today, Idai is one of her country's leading cardiologists. And she told me that she keeps a photo on her desk of herself as a 16-year-old girl and Nicole. And she says, I keep it there and I look at it every single day because it reminds me of my responsibility to nurture the hopes and dreams of other young women. And I love that story for several reasons. First of all, it points out the important truth that talent is equally distributed in our world, but opportunity is not. The fact that Idai never imagined herself as a doctor meant that Idai, without the encouragement and support of Nicole, would today, I'm sure, be a phenomenal mother and probably a great community leader, but she certainly wouldn't have been one of her country's leading cardiologists. And that is what Peace Corps does, is it, um, it, it, it places Americans who have skills and talents, but mostly what they do is they develop profound relationships of trust in their community. And these relationships with young girls, with their mothers, with community leaders, give them the insight into the opportunities and barriers to development and also the credibility to introduce new ideas and also the credibility to be able to speak with confidence to Nicole that she was capable of so much more and then to be able to help Nicole persuade her parents and her grandparents and others who were doubters of um, Idai's future. I mean, for them, the idea of sending their daughter to faraway Bishkek to attend medical school is very frightening. But Nicole was able to allay their fears. Uh, I think she also helped connect them with other um, women who came from other rural areas in Kyrgyzstan um, so that the family would feel comfortable letting their daughter go to faraway Bishkek to um, become a doctor. Um, these kinds of um, profound relationships of trust are only developed by shared proximity, time, and 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 relationship and so that's really the unique value added of the peace corps and it is also a transformative experience for nicole nicole went on and i believe she became a a, a full-time secondary school teacher and has been nurturing the hopes and dreams of girls and boys here in the united states and she speaks 
very frequently about her time in the Kyrgyzstan and how much it influenced her. This is beautiful. Thank you for sharing, Carrie. And I hope that anyone out there that is listening that is interested in creating a similar impact in their own way, um, I highly encourage you to visit peacecorps.gov to learn more. Another reason I was excited to have you on, Carrie, is because you have just faced a unique challenge. Um, as part of the change in, in the U.S. administration, it is protocol for uh, heads of government agencies to submit their resignations. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience over the last few months? Sure, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, um, I was an appointee of uh, President Obama. And so when President Obama stepped down at the end of his term, uh, I was required by law to also submit a letter of resignation. So of course, I did that. Um, but what it also meant is that I was in the job market suddenly. Um, and to be completely honest with you, it was terrifying. I had not really looked for a job for decades because you um, I, you may note that I um, worked for 20 years for JSI, Johnstone Incorporated, which is a, a big public health organization. And then I went right into Peace Corps. So it had been a very long time since I had looked for a job. And, and it was terrifying, to be honest. And I know that this is something that many young people are facing now and older people. It's not limited to young people. So I had to dust off my resume. Um, I went for informational interviews. Um, I uh, talked to various uh, search firms and um, then I jumped right in and I knew that I wanted to be a CEO because I had been a CEO of, of the Peace Corps for four years and really loved that job and felt that I did a good job. And so uh, I worked with uh, a number of search firms and there were several um, firms with whom I had interviews. And so I went through the same interview process that everyone else does. And eventually, I uh, was offered a, the position of president and CEO of uh, PCI and was absolutely delighted. PCI is an organization that is on the rise and coming into its own as a major player in the global development community. PCI works in 16 countries, including the United States along the uh, Mexico border. And our mission is to uh, empower communities to enhance health and hunger and overcome hardship. And I really uh, love PCI because I found in PCI the um, same commitment to empowering communities that I found in Peace Corps. And additionally, there are quite a number of returned Peace Corps volunteers who work at PCI. So the staff is the same kind of high quality, really driven professional that I found at the Peace Corps. This is very exciting to hear that your groundbreaking work will continue. And if anyone is interested in learning more about Project Concern International, you can visit PCIglobal.org. So, Carrie, in the end, what would you tell your younger self? What career advice would you give to young women who might be interested in following in your footsteps? I would say... Um... My best advice is if you're really interested in international development work, if you know you are passionate about serving others, that the Peace Corps is absolutely your best bet as a way to start. Uh, you'll learn a language, you will get incredible training, and you will test yourself uh, in ways that you cannot even imagine, and it will open your eyes to the world. 
So that is my best advice. And then when you're done serving at Peace Corps, then look around for organizations that really um, meet your passion, that fit your passion. Um, I just feel it's so important to be passionate about the work that you do. And I'm so grateful that I found uh, a place to be passionate about in PCI. Do you have any specific advice for young women in particular? You know, yes, I do. And that is believe in yourselves. Um, one of the most important tools that any person, but especially a young woman can have is confidence. And just know that you have so many talents and so many skills and um, believe in yourselves um, and, and pursue passion in your life. It's so important to find something that makes your heart sing. And if you can do that, and if international development is your is your thing, I can promise you that it will give you a life of, of joy in helping others. Thanks for listening to the Women in Diplomacy podcast. The theme song for this podcast is called Misty Moses, and it's by the artist Rodrigo y Gabriela. Use of that recording is graciously provided by RubyWorks Records in Dublin, Ireland. For more information and to download more music by Rodrigo Gabriela, check out theforeignpolicyproject.org.